What did you have for breakfast today? <laughs> I had a famous uh, uh, classic bagel with uh, lox and cheese. Oh, so good. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to the Decoding Cocktails podcast. I'm your host, Chris LeBeau. At the ripe age of 38, I left my former career behind and joined the hospitality industry. Since then, I've been on a rapid journey of learning, meeting all sorts of great people, and this, this podcast, is my chance to bring you along with me, whether I'm interviewing somebody that works in the industry, another enthusiast, or occasionally stepping back to share what I'm working on or my thoughts. I'm so glad you're here, and so with that aside, let's get into today's episode. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Decoding Cocktails. Just like every time, I am Chris LeBeau. Uh, happy for you to be here today to dig into a topic that I am just beginning to kind of really get my hands around. My guest today is Hiromi Iuchi. She is the Senior Manager of the Overseas Operations Department for the Japan Sake and Shochu Makers Association. She was born in the town of Yogo, but lived in New York for 22 years, working for a sake and shochu import company and managing their sales. Uh, in 2015, she moved back to Japan, uh, and she, in her current role, uh, she is in charge of PR and management for their overseas projects. So the JSS, as it's sometimes known, is a nonprofit organization that consists of uh, sake and shochu producers throughout Japan. And as of 2023, uh, this June, uh, the JSS is affiliated with 1,358 sake breweries and 267 shochu distilleries. Uh, and this falls under some 40-plus regional associations. So um, we are going to talk today specifically about shochu, or even more particularly, honkaku shochu. Uh, shochu is the uh, original distillate that is native to Japan. And one of the things that makes this unique is there is a huge swath of ingredients that can be used, but the primary thing, so when you think about there are vodkas, for example, or gins that are made from grapes or grains, etc. The The base ingredient at times can vary a little bit. Shochu is very similar in that you can use things like black sugar, you can use things like sweet potato, uh, rice, buckwheat, and wheat. So there are a number of subcategories that fall underneath that, but uh, these are some of the big primary things that can be used. So what we need to know about this, and uh, we'll, we'll get into this in the conversation, there'll also be a number of supplements uh, to help you kind of navigate today's conversation, uh, is one of the things that makes this very uh, more flavorful as a product is that it undergoes a uh, uh, typically when it's honkaku and honkaku means uh, authentic. So there are shochus out there that are distilled multiple times. The more times you distill something, uh, the higher the proof goes, but the more flavor gets pulled out. So honkaku shochu is a single run distillate, tends to be very flavorful. Uh, the proofing can get up to what we see in a traditional spirit in the 40 percentages, but it's never going to get any higher than that. It's not allowed to. And most of the time, this is drunk uh, with a little bit of ice, 
club soda, warm water. Um, it's really often consumed with meals. And so it's often drank in a fairly uh, neutral format so you can really experience it. And the proof is lowered quite a bit. Uh, something I discussed in a previous podcast could always be worth going to listen to as well with uh, uh, Sake Sommelier uh, Andrew Lamb. Uh, uh, Hiromi will also help us kind of dig into what koji is a little bit. Koji is a mold that really helps kind of convert starch into sugar uh, and is very unique and very commonly used in a lot of East Asian practices around various fermentations. Um, distillation has existed in Japan for quite a while. We know that it arrived uh, in on the island of Okinawa by 1477 and slowly began to spread its way up. But what we're also going to talk about is that uh, while there are rices used in the growing of this, uh, shochu primarily comes from, and for a long time was considered kind of, um, you know, in a way, I guess, uh, I feel like I reference moonshine often, but I guess it seems like for a long time this was really solely a drink. So shochu is pretty much made in the southern part of Japan, and for a long time that's where it resided. So think about whatever local beverage or cuisine that you know is fairly isolated or was isolated to a place. And for a long time, really kind of until, uh, I think as she said, and I've kind of read elsewhere, the 70s or the 80s, there wasn't really a lot of interest in shochu. And about 99% of it is consumed in the country. And so if you haven't heard about it before or really haven't tasted much, it's because most of it is not making it outside of the borders. But people like Hiromi are now working to kind of raise awareness about this product. The flavor sets you can encounter are just so wide and varied. Um, and of course, Japanese distillers bring their commitment to craft and excellence to this. So it's a super high quality product. Uh, it's a, it was a wonderful chance to dig into this with her. I think you'll really enjoy this conversation. And we'll be sure to link out to some other resources as well, should you want to go deeper. Um, again, I'll, I will link to... Uh, the Japan Sake and Shochu Makers Association website. Um, you can find them on Instagram at JSS underscore Shochu. You spell Shochu S-H-O-C-H-U. Again, that link will be there along with a link to their website. But please enjoy this conversation with Hiromi Iuchi. Iuchi-san, thank you so much for taking time to talk today. I'm, I'm very, very grateful. My pleasure. I'm very excited Good. to be interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> A place I would be interested just to start in general is, um, do you have an early memory of shochu, perhaps either as an adult or maybe growing up uh, and seeing it as a child, like knowing that it is so deeply steeped in Japanese culture? Mm -hmm. What's your earliest memory of it? Um... Shochu is always uh, um, something that you you drink with uh, some kind of like a syrup or something. Um, when I was like high school, uh, college, um, that wasn't a big drink to maybe northern part of Japan. Mm -hmm. um, it's shochu is uh, usually drunk in the southern part of Japan, which, which is the Kyushu islands area where the production is uh, from so me growing up in the west side of japan near the osaka kobe area um i didn't really you know i wasn't really used to seeing it that much mm -hmm. um we had a sake 
which uh, my father, my grandfather, uh, everybody was drinking, I remember, but not the shochu in my area. So that's very interesting about the shochu. Yeah, so one of the things I was grateful for yesterday, I got to have the nice tasting tour and, and talk through mm -hmm. um, at your booth. And one of the things that was pointed out was overall, at least when we think about um, uh, North America, yeah. the northern part of uh, Japan mm -hmm. has a climate similar more to maybe to Canada. Right. But when you get down to a part like Kyushu, yeah. we're kind of more like Florida, so much warmer. Yes. And so if I think I remember correctly, yeah. you know, with some of, uh, with rice not maybe growing as well mm -hmm. in a climate like that mm -hmm. is part of what leads to sake being more prevalent mm -hmm. in other parts of the country and shochu being more prevalent in the south. Is that, do I, am I remembering that correctly? Yes, yes. That's okay. uh, one of the aspects as well. And uh, also we can say um, sake has been, sake making, it has been uh, cultivated in Japan for rather long, you know, longer time ago. Um, it says like more than more than thousand. It about like two thousand years wow. that it's um, it's in Japan. That's what the you know book said. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, shochu is m more later on. Uh, probably it's it's um, we could say about five hundred years ago. Five hundred. So history history wise, uh, the sake has been um, in Japan long much longer than the shochu. And so, what before? Because so sake is uh, what, what, what have I heard? It is brewed like beer, but mm -hmm. some people say, but often like more like drank like wine. Mm -hmm. I, and was because distillation yeah. is not as old of a technology mm -hmm. in general as um, fermentation. Right. So the ingredients that are currently being distilled into shochu mm -hmm. were they ever being just fermented more into a beer or a wine or what did, did they make the immediate jump to being distilled or and if you don't know it's not a yeah no no i'm that's a, that's a great point that what the shochu is unique compared with the other uh, distilled spirits um both shochu and sake uh, they ferment the grain uh, sake is uh, rice and then it's uh, koji we, they both use the koji it it's a kind of a mold. Um, it's grown in Japan, mm -hmm. and uh, very special uh, mold that it's um, used for soy making soy sauce or miso or any fermenting uh, Japanese food and uh, products. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then so sake and shochu they both use the koji. So in order to be called the uh, uh, shochu, the koji has to be used. And uh, sake is uh, only fermentation. So what, sorry, what the koji does is uh, the starch, which the rice has, mm -hmm. they don't, uh, rice doesn't have uh, sugar, right? Right. So starch is converted into uh, sugar by koji. So ah. koji works as an enzyme and uh, break down the, you know, starch molecules and then turn it into the sugar. Okay. By koji. Then the yeast comes in, eat the sugar, and then produce the alcohol. Got it. That's the uh, unique um, fermentation method in production of sake. Mm -hmm. And then the same thing is, uh, same uh, technique is used for the shochu, but 
after the fermentation of the rice, and they distill. Mm-hmm. So sake is only fermented uh, alcohol beverage, and uh, shochu is the distilled, fermented and distilled. Right. So that's totally different uh, products. And so um, I know that, so again, sake might again have a proofing similar to that of, of wine or maybe a little above that. Mm-hmm. Um, and shochu, mm-hmm. um, I think I saw that like the range can go up to roughly what is 45%. Mm-hmm. Right. But a lot of it is also still a lower proof because it's only single distilled, so mm-hmm. its flavor is richer. But so a lot of, of shochu mm-hmm. is more around 25 or so, so it's not going to always punch as hard as a lot of traditional spirits. Right. Um, uh, shochu is, like you said, it's usually distilled once, most of the time once, only once, but uh, sometimes very few distiller does it twice. Um, but 99% of the producers does it only once. So by this, you know, pot still just only once, it goes up to 43, 45, around there. And that's the maximum that it goes up, the alcohol-wise. And then usually they uh, they add the water and then bring it down to 25. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons that they 25% of ABV is popular in Japan um, as a honkak shochu is uh, because the shochu is usually uh, consumed with the meal. Um, they sometimes add the hot water, sometimes add water or on the rocks. So they dilute it to enjoy it with a, during a meal. Mm-hmm. That's one aspect that it's uh, unique about the shochu compared with the other uh, distilled spirits. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, that was certainly one thing that I feel like has been driven home is that, especially in cocktail culture, mm-hmm. sometimes we can think of these drinks. Mm-hmm. You can have a, a martini or a Manhattan with dinner, but oftentimes it's more of a, a light snack, if anything. Right. But yeah, in in Japanese culture and in Italian culture, yeah. food is so much more commonly mm-hmm. consumed at the same time yeah. as these things right here. Right, so like I said earlier, uh, the honkaku shochu, shochu is um, consumed mostly the southern part of Japan. Mm-hmm. So when they meant the alcohol is the shochu, sake is, we call it sake like a regular term as an alcohol beverage. Mm-hmm. And then the Japanese sake, the rice uh, fermented alcohol, um, being called the sake outside of Japan and also in Japan, but uh, it's nihonshu, right? Like a right um, term term of the because sake. if you are in the izakaya yeah. in in Japan right. and you you just ask for a sake yeah. without any clarification, right? A beer could arrive right. or, or all sorts. So it, so sake. It, you know, to us is this specific product, mm, mm, but mm. in Japan it mm-hmm. is more of a general general term. alcohol. Yes, right. Alcohol beverage. Yes, and uh, they would say like, "Let's go drink sake." That means uh, let's go drink alcohol. Yeah, and then like <laughs> once you sat down at uh, izakaya or the restaurant, and then the, they will ask 
Um, but what do you really want? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and then, then you said beer or shochu or uh, nihonshu. Nihonshu. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that is, I know that there's a couple of dominant ingredients, mm-hmm. but one of the things that is makes shochu so diverse yeah. is the fact that the number of ingredients, what yes. is it, is 53? Is that what I heard? Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I know there's a number of common ones, but talk us through some of the common ingredients used to make shochu, and we'll, we'll talk about the styles a little I bit. I think the, uh, I heard the quantity-wise, um, barley shochu is the most uh, used. Okay. Um, quantity-wise. And then uh, sweet potato, and then rice, and uh, there's uh, there's one. It's a very significant pro- uh, product or ingredient that they use for the sh- making shochu is the brown sugar. Brown sugar. That's right. right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Brown sugar is a very interesting uh, sh- uh, ingredient to use the shochu. Um, but the brown sugar shochu is only made in uh, Amami Oshima Island. Amami Islands. Sorry. Amami Islands. Um, it's a little bit off the Kagoshima prefecture. Okay. So there, the um, kokuto shochu, which is the brown shochu, brown sugar shochu, is very historically um, popular mm. and uh, production-wise. And I think one of the things that maybe people listening can relate to a little bit, because mm. I saw that there's a map, and I'll link out to mm-hmm. it, that in a way that we think of in this part of the country that uh, most of our rice mm-hmm. is either grown in California or in Arkansas. Yeah. And so on your map, it, it clearly shows like, hey, this is the region that predominantly produces sweet potato mm-hmm. or barley, probably because the climate is even more hospitable or the land has been set up for that. And right. so some of these things are also quite regional mm-hmm. too. Yes. Um, Kagoshima, for example, they have a volcano. It's called the Sakurajima. And uh, they have a big uh, volcano island, you know, area that has like a lot of ash, and uh, it's hard to grow the rice. And they sweet potato is the easy, you know, very suitable ah. for growing in that area. So, using the sweet potato to make their everyday life uh, alcohol drink is very become very popular. I think. Yeah, and in the same way that we think about perhaps with wine grapes Mm -hmm. Um, and I also remember in a talk I uh, heard you give recently as Mm -hmm. well uh, that you know there certainly is there's some analogies you're trying to make to mezcal and to the agave world right now where terroir you know the soil that you plant a sweet potato in Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. very much or what it's planted near is very much going to impact its ultimate flavor that it can bring to the shochu right Um, that's correct Uh, I think terroir is uh, if you dig into uh, alcohol uh, industry or alcohol beverage, that as much you know, as more you study, you you ended up you know studying about the local uh, weather and mm-hmm. uh, products and uh, climate and all that, and then um, also uh, water. Uh, water is very uh, important key. Uh, w- how the products is is you know taste like, and uh, I think in Japan it rains a lot, and we have very very uh, nice quality water, um, very soft water, and uh, so that's very good for uh, making sake and uh, as well as uh, shochu. 
I was talking with a sake sommelier, and mm-hmm. he was talking about that in one of the big um, brewing districts, yeah. that the water mm-hmm. at the top of the street mm-hmm. versus at the bottom of the street can end up presenting very different. And right. So all of these things yes. can end up making big decisions. So yesterday, one of the things I had the... I was lucky to try. So my understanding is that there are three types of koji. Mm-hmm. So there's the black, yellow, and the white. Yeah. And that overall, I think my, was it Ichikara-san? Is that? Ichihara-san. Ichihara-san. Yeah. Who I spoke with said that the yellow yeah. uh, uh, koji is mo- most often used for sake. Yes. And the black. And so it was interesting to taste a, a sweet potato mm-hmm. shochu mm-hmm. with a white koji versus a black yes so if we had exactly the same sweet potatoes yes but in this one we're going to use a white koji versus this one a black do you mind and clearly the distiller is going to have a lot of choices they can Mm -hmm. make but Mm -hmm. do you mind telling us how is how is the white versus the black going to present different um my personal um opinions (laughs) um i think the black koji if you use a black coach to to make a shochu, that's more bold and uh, strong and rich and uh, deep in the flavor. Um, it's very kind of like mandy, mandy, Manly, uh, sure. mandy <laughs> or strong, stronger sure. image. And then versus to uh, white koji use the shochu is more soft and uh, light and smoother and. Uh, you know, maybe like a thinner image mm-hmm, mm-hmm. versus to like, you know, kind of stronger. Yeah. I, I, I will say, I, I, the barley shochu in, in particular comes to mind. When mm-hmm. I tasted the white koji, it made yeah. me think about when I was much younger, mm-hmm. I, pr- I tried making beer at home for yeah. a while and that was fun. Mm-hmm. But I can, I can so have tasted the grain mm-hmm. in the white koji yeah. shochu. Yeah. But in the black one, yeah. it was still very pleasant. It was nice, but the but the flavor was more aggressive. Right. So the barley, I felt, kind of got pushed into the mm-hmm. background a little bit by the boldness mm-hmm. of the spirit at that point yeah, in time. Yeah, you, you probably, yeah, I can relate to your um, impression. Uh, maybe... Bali, a lot of cases they use the white koji. Sometimes they use the black koji to have like a different aspect, you know, different type of uh, flavor. But um, it, I think it using uh, white koji for the Bali shochu is very popular. Yeah. Mm. So one of the things that's obviously a big topic of conversation for your organization mm-hmm. right now is that uh, shochu is still relatively, com- especially compared to sake. Mm-hmm unknown right uh, mm-hmm. outside of Japan so yes. most of it is consumed in the country yes I think I saw again from your numbers from a presentation there's roughly maybe 270 distillers between that and like Awamori which is its cousin yeah. from Okinawa right um, so uh, talk to us about the state of the shochu industry and mm. so maybe some of the things that you're obviously here at bar convent Brooklyn working mm-hmm. to raise awareness with bartenders and whatnot yeah. so yeah. tell us Tell us why you want to get the word out more, mm-hmm. because for a long time, it seems like the Japanese people have been like, we're very happy to drink this on our own. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's an interesting point, uh, aspect about the shochu. Um, like I said earlier, like when I was younger, probably like 
30 years ago, um, the shochu was mostly consumed the southern part of Japan. Mm-hmm. And then probably like 1998, uh, 90, something like that, it, it, and uh, the, all of a sudden the Sweet potato shochu was very popular. Mm. Became a very popular in Japan, and then so everybody started noticing about the uh, honkaku shochu, mm-hmm. yeah, authentic shochu, yes. and then it, the sweet potato shochu was becoming very popular, and then it kind of uh, stays and then spread it to the all over Japan. I think now um, shochu. Is a uh, consumption of shochu and sake is 50-50, which is very interesting. And um, most of Japanese people are not really, you know, keen on that, like 50-50 percent. But uh, um, and then also uh, people outside of Japan uh, don't know. It's a it's a news to them that because the shochu is unknown, right? Outside of Japan, most of the cases. So. Uh, when I say that to people outside of Japan, uh, they are very surprised. Right. Yeah, I think it was interesting to see, uh, again, the, a trend line. And we'll, we'll be sure to link out to this presentation and, um, uh, and some other uh, information that has been shared with me so, mm-hmm. so you guys can see the visuals. But, um, yeah, so over the past 50 years or yeah. however many, mm-hmm. the s- consumption of sake has uh, has has shrunk cons- notably. Yes. While while shochu is kind of roughly steady at this point in time, well, right here. I think uh, yeah. So sake, like over fifty years, you said last fifty years, the consumption of Japan, which is the nearly same as the production of Japan. Mm-hmm. I mean, the uh, production of the sake is decreased to maybe uh, down to twenty five percent. Right. One quarter. Wow, yeah. And then also the number of uh, producers, number of breweries is went down to quarter. Okay. So it's really decreased. And then, um, but on the other hand, shochu is, you know, it's recognized by the consumers in Japan. So it was increased little by little. And uh, now it's a uh, it's meeting point, mm. 50-50. Just uh, last year or a year before that. Yeah, it was was really interesting to see. And so, yeah, I think for many of us, you know, if we've had a Japanese beverage, it's Mm -hmm. been sake. And so to to hear, but it's interesting to the the drop off in demand. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've been able to track as to why. Mm -hmm. I was just talking with the uh, ambassador for uh, Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. Mm -hmm. And he was explaining to me that, yeah, despite like the reputation of, you know, the stereotype we impose upon Ireland, mm-hmm. or we can impose upon Ireland, that overall consumption there is down like 30%. Mm-hmm. And so some people are also just drinking less because, yes, uh, yeah, I because, think, yeah. Yeah, I think so same problem with, uh, I heard it's a, you know, French wine, maybe uh, younger people are not drinking a French wine as, that much. Mu- as much as before. Before, like everybody, every day, right. they, people are drinking uh, wine, but not so much anymore right mm-hmm. they they have more choices or you know the preference is um onto uh distilled spirits mm-hmm. or something else same thing happened i think in japan like maybe 
you know, 40 years ago or something. That uh, beer became very popular, and then also um, wine mm-hmm. was very popular, and whiskey. You know, there are so many choices, and that trend is went for that. So, and then also uh, sake was, uh, dr- you know, consumed mainly with like grandpa or, you know. <laughs> father the grandpa and they are like drinking a lot and getting drunk and all that you know bad image about the sake sure and especially like sometimes after world war Two, um there's not so much uh sake and so they did uh they i was told that maybe they add a little bit of like distilled alcohol in it or okay <laughs> or like <laughs> make it like a very cheap you know drink and then yeah. so when you drink it, the um, hangover next day is very Oof. severe or something like that. So that image is sticked around for a while. Yeah. Right now, it's um, people started noticing the quality of the sake is is really improved and then changed and and uh, being recognized uh, among the younger people now. But like you know, those like thirty years or forty years. Um, a lot of like bad image. Then, at the same time, the wine and other trendy, fashionable drink coming into the market. Right. So they lost a lot of market. And uh, before that, um, um, big national brands uh, was they can't uh, produce enough to meet the consumption, so they buy. Um, sake from like a very small mm-hmm. uh, breweries mm. around in that area and then so the small breweries sell the, their sake to the you know bigger company and then they'll brand it and then they nope. yeah mm. you know what I mean so but uh, because of the consumption is went down decreasing uh, and then they don't need to buy it anymore because you know of the consumption it's it's getting lower so like those small breweries has to give up the business right yeah so that's one of the reasons that um used to be four thousand sake breweries in japan but now it's about uh 1400 hmm. so that's one reason yeah and i think about you know whether it's american culture i've heard like people say in italy for mm-hmm. example that yeah. people might be drinking less but also they're just drinking less Campari and other mm-hmm. Italian bitters. They're like, I want Jack Daniels, or I yes. want, or mm-hmm. I want, you know, uh, Old Forester bourbon. Right. Uh, here in America, maybe we're drinking less beer, mm-hmm. um, but we're drinking more tequila, more right. mezcal, yes, yes, and yes, so yes. it's fashionable. Yeah. And these things are also, of course, very delicious right. too. I heard the um, in the United States, you used to have uh, many small craft breweries. Um, in the U.S. and but then, big uh, bigger company like uh, you know Budweiser or yes. um, they kind of started becoming very big. Yes, and uh, so so those uh, smaller breweries are kind of quitting. And then, but nowadays, probably ten years ago, the craft beer make you know brewing is is coming back. Yes, right. right. So it's the trend of the. Things can be very, <coughs> yeah, very cyclical. Yeah, the market is very, yeah, very influenced by the what's going on in, uh, you know, trend or preferences. Yeah, 
I know you brought uh, a couple of numbers with to share, mm. uh, so I want to leave room for that. But yeah. I'd be interested for someone listening right now. Yeah. You know, the um, amount and variety of shochu in the U.S. market isn't mm -hmm. necessarily huge yet. In some markets, maybe like New York, you have a great mm. you know shop that will have mm -hmm. availability. But if someone's going to begin thinking about buying a bottle of yeah. shochu, mm -hmm. do you have any? advice for, I mean one it seems like we should be drinking this on the rocks mm -hmm. or with with some water or some club soda mm -hmm. but any suggestions on how to begin making a decision about making a purchase and what to do with something that they buy right um, there are so many variety of uh, shochu in pr you know flavor wise um, if you like a uh, lighter style um, maybe you buy something like 25% or, or less, and then also uh, barley, and maybe white koji used, or there's one um, production difference, making uh, differences that we haven't really touched it yet, but okay. the vacuum distillation, and then atmosphere, at atmos sorry, That's uh, right. no, normal, normal pressure distillation. Mm, so, right, right. Yeah. So, so atmospheric vacuum. versus like a vacuum, right? Yes, is yes, what, yes. Yeah, because and you, and did you also say buckwheat as well? Is that what it was? Or are you saying no vacuum, 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 and, yeah. vacuum and atmosphere? Please right. go ahead. Please yeah. go ahead. So vacuum one, it's the outcome is very light and uh, smooth and kind of flavorful, um, like maybe flowery or something, mm -hmm. and then passes to the. Uh, normal, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Normal pressure one is it's more strong, um, rich, and uh, deep, and you know. So, but there's like so many choices of combinations, right? How it's made. Um, so, if you if you use like the lighter style, then maybe uh, vacuum pressure, and then also uh, white koji use, right? Versus to if you like a uh, stronger, richer, uh, more powerful, uh, bold uh, flavor, then then you might want to go with like black koji and uh, normal pressure combination. Right, because I remember as well that people you know keep using this term. Something I associate a lot with mm. like Jamaican rum is mm. people talk about uh, that especially sweet potato can be kind of funky or whatever. Right. Yes. yes. Yeah. So for people out there that are maybe thinking about. Mm. Uh, Hey, like, yeah, you don't like your spirits really turned all the way mm -hmm. up. So a, a white koji mm -hmm. that is perhaps used with like a barley mm -hmm. and is done is done in a vacuum yeah. are going to be the softer kinds versus right. black koji, sweet potato, at, uh, at, at, at normal, normal pressure, pressure that you're going to have like a much bigger right. punch right mm -hmm. there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's helpful. Um, in the U.S., and you know, this could be where we've talked about perhaps other conversations can mm -hmm. be had with mixologists. So beyond hot water um, yeah. and other basic, are there, are there very simple cocktails you've seen that, right. you know, think in terms of someone now has this bottle at home, yeah. you know, uh, beyond a hot water or whatever, are there other basic ingredients you would suggest people having on Oh, hand? yeah, that's interesting. Uh, it's kind of like cultural, um, we've been in... Uh, cons you know, uh, consumers in Japan, they normal way to enjoy these shochu is like 
on the rocks or with water, diluted with water and, or the hot water, or recently um, soda, <laughs> and uh, and then highball, shochu highball. Shochu highball, then, yes, yes. That became very popular. And then sometimes they use the um, oolong tea or okay. green tea to dilute it, the shochu is, and also uh, put the salted umeboshi, like a salted plum. Mm, salted plum, okay, yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, that was very popular, but... Um, yeah, because, like, because the flavors are so masterfully crafted, yeah. so delicate and interesting, yeah. uh, and I'm sure there could be uh, mixologists out there mm -hmm. that are doing very ornate things, Yes, but, you know, diluting it a little bit, maybe sweetening a mm -hmm. touch just to kind of tone the shochu down a little mm -hmm. bit, but mm -hmm. we don't want to necessarily... We don't want it to hide in the background because the flavors are going to be so right. Wonderful. There's like a very interesting sweetness in the uh, sake. I mean, uh, shochu compared with the other kolam distilled mm. um, dis alcohol uh, spirits like vodka and other gin. Um, um, compared with the kolam um, uh, still, yep, uh, distillation spirits passes to the pot distillation like a. Scotch or, or rum or, or, or rum Jamaican or rum, yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Or the uh, shochu, honkaku shochu. It has like a nice balance or nice uh, subtle um, sweetness. sweetness. So maybe you don't, maybe people are not like thought of like, you know, doing anything and, and rather than that, rather than adding anything, they wanted to kind of enjoy the flavor. So that was the history of the uh, yeah. consumption of the Hongaku Shochu in Japan. Um, maybe we hope that it would spread uh, to the other um, market outside mm. of Japan uh, to enjoy the Shochu that way. But then as an association, uh, we have to uh, promote the I mean, not necessarily promote, but like we have to spread the education yep. of the shochu, what the sho hongaku shochu is. Um, so in order to introduce the sake to the market, and which is this hongaku shochu being a distilled spirit, right. which is not known at all either. So we, we decided to try it bring the hongaku shochu into the distilled spirits industry. Right. So in order to introduce the new item to the industry, I, we thought that maybe introducing, using in a cocktail will be, you know, something interesting or catch the everybody's attention. Attention. It is, th th it, I mean, mixologists certainly were, as you said in the presentation I saw you give, they certainly were the gateway to mezcal yes. in this country. And so... I think yeah, people are keen on them right yeah. now, and yeah, to like to bartenders and mixologists that are listening, like mm -hmm. one, you can certainly look this up. But if you need to get put in contact with somebody that knows, you know, reach out to me, and I'm happy to do that as well. Yeah. Um, Iuchi-san, are there? I think we've covered a lot of wonderful ground. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about today that we haven't covered yet? Mm. Um. And there's no pressure. I just, just, just want to make sure. Okay, my 
I have a ex- my experience um, in the alcohol industry is is started uh, late nineties, and uh, I started um, introducing the premium sake to the United States, especially in uh, New York area. Then that's how I get into the alcohol beverage um, industry. Then. Um, the education was a key, but at the same time, to introduce this something unknown uh, drink uh, to the market, um, you have to um, introduce it with the background, the yes. cultural background. Yes. And I think the Japanese sake and the Honkaku shochu, it both have a long history yeah. and a deep cultural background. So... Um, introducing the Hongkuk Shochu, just like a miscal, I think cultural background and the uh, uh, customs or people's uh, nature and terroir <laughs> and everything is need to be recognized and appreciated at the same time. And that's what we are trying to uh, emphasize and that's what we're trying to promote. Yeah. And uh, it would take some time, but um, hopefully... Um, people are interested in and uh, and then that interest is traveled to the producers in Japan right and uh, and then they would be very appreciative uh, to you know do a everyday um, effort and then work of uh, making uh, such a drinks or such a products and uh, Sorry to make it like a longer, no, great. longer uh, statement, but the sake, Japanese sake and the Honkaku shochu uh, industry, it's a family business, most of the cases. And so some of the Japanese sake brewery have uh, um, like 300 years history of like family business. Wow. And the uh, shochu probably like 100, 150 200 uh, history like of uh, family business. So usually they pass it down to the next generation, next generation in the family. And that's, um, that's like really uh, great um, treasure for uh, Japan and then to the world. And so I want to keep that culture still, you know, surviving in this um uh, industry and uh, being recognized, and then we want to keep it alive. Yeah, I want to keep it alive. So that's one thing that I really hope, and uh, I am very. Um, I have the uh, great privilege to do this job. Um, so, but you know, very hard to keep the family business that long. Yes. Yeah. So uh, introducing a Honkaku Shochu to the yeah. world market, it would inf- you know excite the next generations and then the af- you know next generations. So that's how we can keep uh, the business alive. I I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And yes, I think that you know as we witness the rise of the craft spirits movement globally, mm-hmm. but e- even for those listening in the U.S. as they think about their work, you know, many of these brands are done, made great quality, and even with great 
thought to where these things have come from, mm -hmm. but part of the romance mm -hmm. that has appeared around Miss Cal mm -hmm. has been the idea that this has been made in this village for in this way for this long. Yes. And for those hungry for the next thing like that. Yeah. You know, the next old thing. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> Could be the new thing. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. If you're ready for the new old thing, uh, yeah, sh Shochu is going to offer that same level of diversity because, I mean, I think mm. you know, it's fair to say one thing that Japanese are renowned for is their commitment to craft. Mm. And so to see the, that uh, a family that distills a sweet potato shochu with black koji this yeah. way yeah. might not at all look the same way right. that the people you know, two towns over are right, making right. it. And so to your point, like like we've discovered with Mezcal and Ricea and all mm -hmm. these things, that, that that diversity awaits us for mm -hmm. those that, that want to go chase it down. Yes. Yeah. Wonderful. That'd be wonderful. That sound this is wonderful. Um thank you for taking the time today. We'll be sure to link out to the to the Japanese Society of Sake and Shochu makers. Anything else you care to share today? Mm. Maybe the way that we're introducing the shochu to the um, distilled spirits industry this way, uh, as a you know, one of the way to introduce is to use the shochu to the cocktail, apply to the cocktail making, yes. which is really uh, interesting and exciting. And uh, all the my producers are very excited about that as well, and to open up their their eyes or their mind. So, um, but then. Once that you discover the hongaku shochu and what it is, and uh, maybe want them to try in a traditional way of enjoyment, you know, enjoying the shochu, like uh, during a meal, yes, and maybe with a uh, hot water, or please find the way, your way to enjoy that, you know, wonderful. Um, I, and I, do, I do think you've hit on something that is important that I think one of the problems the cocktail faces at times mm -hmm. is that it feels like I need to find these mm -hmm. five ingredients mm -hmm. and now and a, a, a not simple process mm -hmm. to build this yeah. and I'll do it later yeah. versus to get some hot water, yeah. some ice, whatever, mm -hmm. and pour and yeah. you're done. Yeah. Um, is certainly a, a, a very simple thing in terms of when you buy a bottle, you're not necessarily buying a project. Mm -hmm. You are buying something that is very readily mm -hmm. able to be consumed, which mm -hmm. makes it easier in terms of, I'm just going to buy this bottle and mm -hmm. then I'm never going to use this. I know mm -hmm. how this goes. So, right. Yeah. And then so the uh, shochu has been consumed in, by Japanese people like, uh, like a, not the wine, but like during a meal drink. Yep. So it, it pairs very well with the food and uh, any kinds of food. Uh, cheese, pizza, I tried it with the pizza. It okay. was really good. And uh, it's very nice um, next day, too. There's no hangover unless that you finish like three bottles. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that, you know, my goal might be... Uh, the people knows about the shochu, honkaku shochu, and then they will enjoy the shochu just if, as an everyday, you know, easy, easy, you know, drink. Wonderful, wonderful. Uchi-san, thank you for taking the time today. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. The show notes for today's episode are available at decodingcocktails.com slash podcast. 
If you'd like to keep up with what we're working on, there are two great ways to do so. One, our short weekly newsletter, Cocktail Confidential, which you can sign up for at decodingcocktails.com slash newsletter. Or give us a follow on Instagram at decodingcocktails. If you think this podcast is great stuff, we'd love it if you'd subscribe or, of course, share an episode with a friend. The Decoding Cocktails podcast is produced by Chris Bay and myself. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon, and happy cocktail. Thank you.